Microphone check one two one two. Microphone check one two one two. This is Sizzle the Savage of your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Um, I am not joined today by anybody. I'm actually just here to talk shit on a few topics. Now, for most of the day, I've been feeling uh, under the weather. I was meant to join my family in the Northwest today. But uh, I just, I wasn't feeling myself. So if I sound under, under the weather, it's uh, because I am under the weather. Um, the rest of the podcasters that I that I do this thing with probably won't be too happy about me doing this by myself. Because they know I'm a live wire. They know that I'm I'm unfiltered. They know that I say some things that perhaps can be taken out of context. Which they usually are taken out of context. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's about it on that. But today I'm, I'm not getting into anything wild. I really just want to speak about rap. Um, uh, and we'll get into a couple more topics. But I just want to start off by saying, don't try to be the morality police. Do not try to be the morality, morality police. Don't Don't judge other people. For doing things that seem to be outside of your moral compass. And for saying things that are outside of your moral compass. Um, what, what you're doing then is um, establishing yourself as a moral authority. And that would then imply that you, you think you're, moral, you, you're morally sound on all, on all, on all fronts. So... Always try to understand context. Always try to put yourself in the shoes of the person or group that you're speaking about. Um, a lot of my, my, my fellow uh, podcast mates aren't really happy about things that I've said in the past before. And I'm sure I can think of a whole lot of things that I'm not happy with that they've said before. Um, but then that's neither here nor there. Um I love them. We we have a great show together. And this is basically just an interlude in between our regular podcast viewing and next week. Um, I think everybody was kind of doing their own things this week. I think Vosse had assignments and whatnot. I was meant to be at a, a birthday party, which I just couldn't physically attend. But without further ado, let's get into a few topics. And I, I don't know if some specific topics um, will be fine for the ladies. Like um, things like soccer and politics just don't seem to interest them. Um, yeah. So I wanted to introduce. Well, I'm not going to introduce, but I just want to announce that we're going to have a, another female on the podcast. Her name is Zandile. And a little birdie told me. That she's kind of fine. I'm going to let that simmer. Actually, let me be more respectful. She is a beautiful young lady. I don't know anything about her uh, except for that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, she, she she's going to be joining us. Um, apparently, she's always wanted to do podcasting. I've never actually had a real-life conversation with her. She's on the bus, actually. And I kind of just say hi to her on the bus. And I keep it pushing. Because the bus isn't a place for... Uh, constructive conversation 
it's more it's more of a place to sleep if you're not gonna sleep just stare at someone that's that's really fine I'm a little bit distracted right now. I'm watching this movie as I record this. I'm watching this movie with Vin Diesel on it, and it's um, it's pretty much reaffir- it's reaffirmed my belief that Vin Diesel is a terrible actor. Um, I think he was good in Fast and the Furious 1, <laughs> and he really just didn't improve from there. Like, everybody around him, the cast and that, and those, and that franchise are so strong. Um... um yeah, so what I wanted to speak about, um, right now, yeah, one, one thing I wanted to get off my chest was this whole issue about my graduation. I've had a really stressful week. I mean, if you know me on a personal level and you've cared to ask what's been bothering me, it's that um, my, my, my college has been giving me a hard time with my whole graduation thing. So what happened was... Let me just give you guys. Actually, I'm 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 meant I'm meant to graduate next week Thursday. Um, but my my college has been giving me the runarounds. It's Saturday today, by the way, just to put it into context. Um, they're they're basically saying that I didn't complete a module. I've done, I think, close to thirty modules in the past four years, and they're telling me that I didn't complete one of them. So, I don't know what the whole, I don't know how it came about, but that module for the students out there, it wasn't on my portal, my student portal. So that's where you get your class information, your schedule, your marks, test marks, assignment marks, etc. And any announcements and reading materials that you might need. It's, It's kind of like a hub for all a student's needs, just in one place, right? Okay. Now that we've got what a student portal is out of the way. That module was not on my portal. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand why. I remember I queried it back in 2017, but they never really solved the problem. And I kind of forgot about it too, but with all due respect, um, in all fairness. But it's their responsibility to sort it out and they just never did so a couple of weeks back i went to go query why i have not received my graduation package you know my invite my photography information my gown information uh the ceremony protocol all that type of stuff that comes in a graduation package and they i went to the campus and they told me that I haven't graduated off the system. I haven't passed all my modules. Now, once again, if you know me in a personal capacity, I have been killing my studies. Absolutely. Uh, I've been absolutely raping my studies. I've been violating them in, in every possible way that you can think of. I've been making those modules my bitch, um, per, my proverbial bitch. Um, so it, it didn't make sense to me that I, I failed this module, right? couple of days later, I made an appointment to meet with the operations manager. The operations manager says, you have a module missing. I said, okay, tell me something that I don't know. Which module is it and why is it missing? She was like, it's practice of public relations something, right? And I said, no, but I finished that module. I, I, I submitted the assignment. I submitted the portfolio of evidence. I, I did the module. She's like, did you pass the module? I said, well, 
I'm pretty sure I did. And she said, no, dude, you didn't. I, 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 you, you didn't complete this module. You didn't pass this module. You did the module, and we can see that. We've captured your, 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 your information, but you have not passed this module. I said, okay, well, if I haven't passed it, what did I get? She shows me an email of a couple of lecturers having a back and forth with our class list and the marks that we got for that particular module on that list saying and then she showed that to me and she said that i got 42 percent i said bitch quit quit playing i don't get 42 percent that's not a a sizzle the savage thing to get for for a test maybe in high school but not in not in university it's been a completely different trajectory for me in terms of academics so i said uh we can you pr produce some proof besides some stinking email uh can you fix your attitude while you're at it she was thoroughly unimpressed when I said that thoroughly and truly unimpressed when I said that and in, in hindsight I probably shouldn't have said that but I was just so angry like if you've been through this four years of your life of working and studying working full-time studying part-time you have no free time your Saturdays are jam-packed after work you don't sleep you study so having all this free time actually has been amazing for me but during that four years it's stressful like to the point where you actually want to cry you, you do want to cry like you don't know how else to express your utter exhaustion and desire to give up there is definitely that desire to give up that i've had to resist for the past four years when things don't go well at work you got to go home and you got to study towards reaching your dreams. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it's a lot to deal with on an emotional level. Well, I'm a, I'm a very sensitive person, so it's a lot to deal with on an emotional level. And, um, well, in any case, <clears throat> in any case, yeah, she told me I failed this module. And I said, okay, so what are we going to do about that? My, my graduation is next week. She said, <laughs> well, I don't know what you're going to do. Well, I said, well, you guys better think of something because the whole reason why I didn't supplement this paper is because you guys didn't communicate my mark to me. They said, you know what? You're 100% right. We need to take this issue further. We need to take it to the top. Fast forward to Thursday afternoon, this past Thursday, I have a meeting with the vice principal of the school or deputy principal, whatever the fuck, right? And she tells me, there's nothing I can do for you. I said, bullshit, there's nothing you can do for me. My dad, my, br my brother, not my brother, my dad. My dad came with me. And my dad being the articulate, intellectual um, man that he is, he, he basically said, we're not leaving here until this nigga graduates. <laughs> So you guys can do whatever you want, but we're probably just going to sit here until you make it possible for this kid to graduate. And <laughs> yeah, the kid is graduating, man. <laughs> That's all I can say. Like, this nigga made it possible. This nigga made it so. He's like, you know, I hear all your bullshit. Yes, my son didn't check whether or not the mark was up or not. But it's 100% your fault that the mark wasn't communicated to the students because I'm not the only student 
whose mark wasn't available on this platform. And yeah, we basically stayed there. We were there for an hour during during my lunch break, actually. And he's like, well, yeah, we're, we're not leaving here until you make this new graduate. Eventually, this vice principal lady gave in. She said, okay, you know what? If Cizwe can produce his assignment right now, then he'll graduate. And guess what? You're fucking right. I had that fucking assignment with me on a memory stick and it just needed to be printed by the end of that day they told me that i'll be graduating so i've been really happy <laughs> since thursday I, like i've been i've been kind of sick today but i've been really happy and, and in good spirits um i was supposed to be in uh northwest today to celebrate my aunt's birthday but i just and i really miss her i've had to blow off so many family events because of school i have school on saturdays so that means i've got classes that i'm not allowed to miss just by you know policy i've got tests i've got assignment due dates i've got yo dude so much on saturdays just going on at school so i felt really shitty that i couldn't get to her her 70th today um but my thoughts are with her in any case yeah that's just some good news that I want to share with you guys. I'm graduating. I'm graduating. I'm graduating. Um, what are the plans after that? I don't know yet. I'm probably going to make this a B-Tech, but I'm also uh, a degree because it's a, it's a diploma right now. But I also am interested in marketing and interior design. Um, the interior design thing is just... Um, once again, if you know me in a personal capacity, you'll know that um, I'm just really into visual arts visual artistry um over and above my love for music my passion for music and my musical abilities uh very recently my rapping abilities Hosanna will know all about that um yeah i've been really interested into this in, in this interior design thing i've been really interested in, in interested in art um paintings drawings I'm not really good at it myself, but, you know, uh, I've always appreciated it. Uh, design, like graphic design, fashion design, like all those things are really, they really interest me. So I'm probably going to do an interior design thing or a marketing thing, or I might do them simultaneously, depending on uh, uh, what, what the budget allows, right? Just some short courses to keep myself busy and ahead of the curve. Anyways, there are some things on here that I want to talk about. Um, I want to know why the needle in hip-hop isn't moving. And I, I, I don't know, like, I'm a very big hip-hop fan uh, recently. Like, I love music in general, but as of late, hip-hop and R&B have been my two main focuses in terms of trying to gain knowledge, right? I listen to everything in my free time. I listen to a whole lot of soul. I listen to a whole lot of rock. I listen to a whole lot of uh, R&B and alternative genres like Bonobo and things like that, right? But very recently, in terms of like trying to gain knowledge um, in order to engage in reasonable discourse with other uh, hip-hop lovers... I've I've tried to really put my focus on hip hop and R and B because 
wow, I've missed out on a lot. Um, trying to like go back into a time capsule of sorts. But I'm just trying to understand why the, the needle in, in hip-hop hasn't been moving, really. Let me let me explain what I mean by that. In the early 2000s, let me, let me not even say the early 2000s, in, in the late 90s, in the late 90s, we have artists that really pushed uh, hip-hop to its next level. They pushed it in terms of commercial visibility, they pushed it in terms of um, black artists being taken seriously. They took it. Uh, they took it to the level of gangster rap. Not being. Uh, or they. They took it. As, they. They. They took it to the point of rap not being seen as a thuggish thing. Although the likes of Biggie, Pac, Jay Z, later in the nineties, although they made it seem that way. They, they were taken more seriously because of their lyrical ability. Now, everybody that knows me knows that I am a sucker for great lyrics. I'm a sucker for great lyrics. Um, I, I geek over it. I, I try to replicate it in some of the things that I write um, as, as a poet. But these guys really pushed that 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 needle they 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 did a whole lot of new things in terms of rhyming words they did a whole lot of new things in terms of content matter um yeah i mean hip hop for the main part was used as a political weapon and i think that's a big reason as to why the the authorities um police authorities governmental authorities saw their rise as such a threat. They knew that through this music, more and more people were becoming, well, we use the word woke today, but the word that I'm looking for is actually illuminated. They were, they were gaining more knowledge um, through these lyrics. They, they, they made you realize that as a black person, you are trapped in this, in this, in this uh, torpedo of sorts, this torpedo of... Racial discrimination, violence, um, and hopelessness. That That's the life of a black person in America. I've got two problems. I've got two problems with America, okay, when it comes to this. You've got white people that hate black people, and you've got black people that hate black people. I'm just hoping that this whole uh, death of Nipsey Hussle actually changes the way black people relate with one another, especially from a gang point of view. I think that self-hate was so um, entrenched into our minds, so engraved into our minds um, through segregation and through slavery that we're kind of stuck hating each other and not treating each other with the right respect. And that's true in South Africa, too. Um, we don't treat each other with the respect that we deserve as black people. We always... We always believe that we're second fiddle to white people. And now that's also starting to um, evaporate. That's actually making its way out of society, at least the way I see it. I see black people actually trying to lift themselves up. We're always going to agree from a, from a religious or a political point of view. But when it comes to a social point of view, we definitely need to treat each other better. And I do see that. But anyways, back to rap. 
the thing about about um your 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 90s music is that okay it popularized rappers actually wanting to rap okay so you got Tupac and Biggie that did it uh Big Pun did it Jay-Z did it um and a lot of these smaller groups there were groups back in the day um out of New York and out of the West Coast there were groups uh, we had Rough Riders that came uh, more early 2000s, late 90s, but these guys all had one thing in common, and that is that uh, that is that they wanted to rap. They wanted to out rap not only each other as peers, but they wanted to out rap each other in their groups, in these uh, rap groups, and they wanted to out rap their competitors. So it's no secret that Tupac was trying to outdo Biggie. Biggie was trying to outdo Tupac. Fast forward to the 2000s. You've got DMX in full flow. You've got Jay-Z in full flow. You've got Eminem who's just, who's just come out. And that's another point in which the needle in, in, in hip-hop was pushed. They, they didn't... Um, they didn't deviate from the trajectory that we were on. One thing that they all had in common, they wanted to outbar each other. Who could make who could make the other look like shit on like pen when it comes to penmanship and uh, lyrical ability? Who who could do that best? Okay? That was that was the main thing and and Eminem kind of pushed it because he was white. I mean, there were always white rappers in the past, but Eminem kind of pushed that needle forward because of... <laughs> that's funny. Um, Eminem kind of pushed that forward because he was a white rapper that people could take seriously. I think when it came to Vanilla Ice, um, as successful as Vanilla Ice was, he he couldn't be taken seriously. What he had on his hands was... What we had on our hands as as a, as a as a as a genre, as a culture, was a novelty act. So every now and then, these guys come into the culture. Uh, it's like a parody, and I think it's kind of the same way people see um, Lil Nas X. Uh, I think they kind of see them in the same way. Um, and 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 Eminem kind of like took this lyrical torch that was passed through the de uh, the decade uh, from Nas and Jay-Z and some of the guys that I mentioned before, he took that torch and he's like, you know what, I'm actually going to be a, a proper MC. I'm not going to use the fact that I'm white to deter me. And that actually was the birth of white rappers. So in that way, um, Eminem has an everlasting mark and he's pretty much stamped his his authority in rap, not only as a as as a dope white rapper, but actually as a dope rapper. I mean, a lot of people know that when it comes to when it comes to Eminem's penmanship and his flow and his delivery, not many people can compete with that. Rappers themselves, the top rappers in the in our game today, have said that. Um, Jay-Z is one of the guys that got killed on a track with them, even though Jay-Z was a veteran by the time Eminem and him had that, that, that song, Renegade. But that's neither here nor there. These are guys that pushed the culture forward in some way or another.
Jay-Z popularized the drug dealing life. I don't I'm not going to go out on the limb and say he was the first to do, to do that, but he was definitely the best at it, you know. He he gave us this inside look as to what 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 are black people what are their options really? Today 2 Chains has an album called Rap or Go to the League. But it's actually rap, go to the league, or sell drugs. To have any sort of life of comfort. But my problem with um, this drug dealing narrative that Jay-Z gave us was is that, is that so many lives are affected by it. I feel like everybody wants to be a drug dealer. I'm not talking about the people that they deal drugs to. I'm talking about the drug dealers themselves. Because of these limited options that African Americans have, um, drug dealing contributes to the narrative that black people are criminals, black people deal drugs, and that's why we have this disproportionate number of black people in in in, in American jails, um, amongst other reasons, other reasons such as <laughs> systemic racism. Which I know a lot of you think don't doesn't exist just because uh, it's it's legal for black people to sit anywhere they want in a bus. I mean, it still pretty much exists. Um, yeah, okay. So we got these culture culture forwarders, taste makers of the time, and what what made this era of rap so phenomenal is that although these guys were all trying to be the best and i know they were all trying to they're all chasing biggie and puck's ghost in terms of rapping um they all they all um wanted to be different in their own ways whether that be in their content matter whether that be in the way they dressed whether that be in the way they acted in interviews they they all wanted to be different. There was an element of uniqueness in every 2000s rapper that, that we liked. DMX couldn't be compared to anybody. You couldn't say DMX is like. No, DMX was DMX. You couldn't say Eminem is like. No, there's Eminem. You can say Eminem raps like some people. But content-wise and uh, multi, uh, multi-syllabic rhyming... Um, struggling white rapper in today's in today's hip hop at the time that's different jay-z being the drug dealer that's different that is so different pac being this hopeless hopeless son of a black panther um a very educated uh woman and and stepfather like this guy just he he was different he had different stories to tell he, from a different perspective altogether everybody thinks they know what the african american story is when you listen to hip hop it it all kind of sounds the same but tupac was so different he went to art school a lot of people don't know that he was a poet before he was a rapper a lot of people don't know that so as far as Pushing the culture forward, I think the people that I've named are the most important um, in terms of today, in in terms of what today's hip hop is sounding like. Now, today's hip hop, 
Uh, okay, let, let me not just skip past. Back to the novelty acts. What the fuck ever happened to Travis McCoy? Travi, Travi McCoy from Gym Class Heroes. Whatever happened to that guy? Whatever happened to LMFAO? Were they hip-hop? There was a rapper in that group. What were they? Were they electro? Um, this is what I meant by these guys kind of go in and out of the culture. I, I think I said that on, on the last podcast. That not all um, not all cultures are, are welcome in hip-hop all the time. Like... Sometimes you just come and go. The people that have stayed there, the Mac Millers, the Eminems, the um, Mac Lamar to some to some degree. Not that I'm the biggest fan, but he has made his mark too. Um, these guys were 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 good enough to maintain a solid um, tenure in the game. So these other guys, um, I think the guy from LMFAO is a Latino or something. I don't even think he's white. I think he's a Latino. Um, Trevi McCoy was a mixed race of some sort, uh, like a logic. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure what 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 people's angle, what 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 their angles are when they come into hip hop. That's that's very strange to to me. It's very strange to me. And I, I think that is what people mean by the term culture. Culture vulture. I think. Uh, I think. I think they don't. They don't realize. Geez, Vin Diesel is really bad at acting. God damn it. I don't think a lot of these guys realize when they're doing it that they're that they're being culture vultures. I think they actually do care, you know, to some degree when they start out, but then at some point they become so caught up you know they become so consumed um they they, they're sold a dream by the people that manage them and the people that record them and the people that have signed them really that you could be the greatest thing ever nowadays we're a lot more accepting but there still is a resistance to allow other cultures into hip-hop that doesn't mean other races this is this is what I mean. This is this is what I mean. Eminem has his roots firmly in hip hop. He's he, he like if you ask him about rap, he'll know everything about it. He's a student of that game. So I'm not talking about race when I say culture vulture. I'm talking about people that come from different musical backgrounds and they join hip hop because they see that that's the most popular thing right now and they can make a quick buck out of it. Quincy Jones was a culture vulture. Let me explain why. Quincy Jones comes from a fully, fully jazz background. Fully jazz background. And he sees that Michael Jackson has pretty much left the Jackson 5. He knows how talented the kid is. He's like, well, let me try my my hand at this disco and R&B shit. Well, disco and soul, they called it. It was soul in those days. Let me try my hand at that shit. And I know this shit's going to fly because this is Michael we're talking about. Mix Michael's talent with my brilliant ear for music. And we've got a hit record on our hands. So Quincy saw an opportunity and he kind of ran with it. He produced all of Michael's albums until uh, 87 or something when, when Jackson put out 
bad. Yeah. And he was pretty salty when, when Michael let him go. He's like, dude, I, I, I've I got my own vision for how I want to sound. And you're kind of holding me back right now. That's why I always say Michael, as great as Thriller's numbers were, I think Michael's best work were post-Quincy. They were better, like... Okay, I need to get into a really geeky argument with somebody about that. But for the for the casual listener, the songs were better in terms of their lyrics. Uh, lyrics. The songs were better in terms of their beats. The songs were better in terms of what MJ was allowed to do on the mic. Different ad-libs. Like, the freedom was there for him to do whatever he wanted. And those songs toured better. All the songs post-Quincy sounded better on tour and he was able to dance to them better on stage well and he just became a better dancer in general but he could do a lot more uh, with the songs which which i loved but back to hip-hop i think i've kind of cemented what 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 a culture vulture is in my mind it's not always about race it's not always about race because if if you're somebody like 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 Eminem like I've said and since you were 15 he says that since he was 15 he's always wanted to be a rapper and once he saw the Beastie Boys he knew <laughs> that it was possible for him to do it because the Beastie Boys went from punk rock to rap and they were successful highly highly successful artists in in that and Kamikaze was actually the the cover of Kamikaze was actually inspired by by the Beastie Boys. Um, for the for the real rap nerds out there, um, so cult being a culture vulture is not about race, per se, but there is a lot of um, there's a lot of tension between races. Whenever whenever a, a white or Latino tries to get into rap, it's like, ugh, ugh. But enough about that. Um, forwarding, forwarding the culture, right? That's all about forwarding, pushing the needle in, in rap. Who's pushed the needle since the early and mid-2000s? I think at the top of everybody's mind is Drake. Now, I don't know how sincere Drake's intentions are for hip-hop. But he has definitely found his niche in other genres, too. Drake... To me, forwarded the culture when he started making songs like Worst Behavior. If I'm not wrong, if I'm not wrong, that was 2013 or 2014. And then he made, if you're reading this, It's Too Late, which is the blueprint for all trap music that we hear today. Trap and trap type beats, drill beats, I like to call them. Drake is one of the biggest culture forwarders, and I know it sounds like dick riding, but Drake has has solidified himself as a legend in rap. Although his... his I, I don't think Drake is in my top five best rapper, uh, top 20 even, of best rappers. I'm just talking ability now. I'm sure I can name 20 people better than Drake when it comes to rhyming words. But in terms of... Um, consistency of output consistency 
of great projects, great singles, in so many different facets of music. It's crazy. He's got dance hall records. He's got Nija beat records. He's got rap records. He's got just blatantly pop records. I'm waiting for him to do some alternative rock shit, like on some Maroon 5 shit, or on some One Republic shit, or that'll make things interesting again. But Drake has consistently delivered, which makes him the best artist of our generation. I mentioned Michael Jackson before. I'm mentioning Drake now. Drake is easily the greatest artist of our generation. And I'm talking kids that were born 95, 95 to 2000 from that space. I'd say 92 to 2000. We all recognize Drake as the greatest. And if you don't, you probably recognize Beyonce as the greatest artist. But just for, for, for the purposes of people in the hip-hop culture, Drake is the best artist of our generation. Now, sales-wise, he's better than you and any of your favorite artists. Sorry. Musically, he's better than you and any of your favorite artists. Lyrically, his ghostwriters are better than you and any of your favorite artists. In terms of rap, I want to know, and I actually need to speak to Vasani about this one. I want to know how important writing raps is if you're, if you're a hip-hop artist. Now, if somebody's writing Hotline Bling for you, I'm perfectly fine with that because I don't recognize that as a hip-hop song. It does have a hip-hop bop, but so does 90% of pop these days. Katy Perry songs have that bop as well. So, in, in terms of rap, what's, what's a super lyrical Drake song? Hmm. Let's take one of his diss tracks or something. What do we have? Uh, take any meek diss. If Drake wrote those songs, how high of a regard do you hold him? And if he didn't write those songs, would that change how you feel about his dance as a top 5 of all time, or a top 10 of all time, or a top 20 of all time? Because I, for one, have a very unpopular top 5. Like, I can give you my top 5 who I think are the best, and my top 5 who are my favorites. My favorites, obviously Eminem, Wale, Lupe Fiasco, Drake, and this fifth one, I'm going to say Kanye West. That's just me personally. Now, who do I think are the best in top five? Who do I think the culture generally accepts? And they we kind of had have a common consensus that these are the five top hip-hop artists of all time. I'm going to go with Pac. I'm going to go with M. I'm going to go with J. I'm going to go with Nas. And I'll probably say... Damn. I might say Biggie. I might, I might say Biggie. But a lot of people will throw in either a Cube or a Slick Rick. That's fine. Those who, are, who I think the culture regards as top five. This top five changes all the time depending on 
whose podcast you listen to, whose blog you watch, uh, uh, whose 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 television program you watch. It, it, it doesn't matter. This this list changes all the time, but generally that's who the culture considers top five to top ten material. Fast forward to um, today's landscape. We've got Kendrick and Cole, who are vastly, vastly regarded as two of the best rappers of of our time, of our, our time, O-U-R. Vastly. And I can't be mad at that. Except that a lot of lyrical rappers don't get the shine that they used to deserve. The, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of new school lyrical rappers don't get the shine they deserve, and the shine that was afforded to early two thousand rappers. If you think about it, early two thousand rappers, DMX. Ja Rule, Eminem, all these niggas. Nelly, wow, Nelly is also one of those guys that gets zero shine. Like, wow. It's it's actually quite frustrating. Um, who else? Who else was pushing the needle? Well, Dr. Dre has been pushing the needle since the 80s. So he is, I guess, a 2000s artist because he's just been forwarding the culture since then. But what I'm trying to say is those artists were all given props for being lyrical. These days, super lyrical artists do not get the same props. And that's not to say they're not as talented. That's not to say that they're not as talented. I mean, I heard, I heard Lucky You. Uh, that's an Eminem and Jonah Lucas. Lucas, Lucas, Jonah Lucas is this is up and comers that is just straight lyrical, straight lyrical. He held his hands on the logic and the Ten Nine Nine song. Now logic and logic and Ten Nine is the only important podcast to talk about. But but these two niggas. Johnny Jones was able to have the whole zone on the record with both of them. And arguably has the best verse on that song. Sriracha on the album called The Storm by Tech Nine. He held his own on an M song. Now, most people in hip hop, like I mentioned before, do not want to get on a song with M because of what he might do to your ego. Jonah Lucas is like, fuck that. And you pretty much... A lot of people would say he watched M. And as an Eminem fan, I, I, I understand why you say that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. I understand why you'd say that. But Jonah Lucas, right now, based on the songs that he's put out, I don't think he's put out any notable albums. But out of the songs he's put out, he should be regarded one of the best lyricists of the 2010s. Definitely one of the best lyricists of the 2010s. I will say artist once he puts out a project, a a classic project. I will do that, definitely, 100%.
but but I'm trying to understand why this why this needle in in rap hasn't moved because I'm 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 going to come up with a few theories and I'm going to say that there's an oversaturation and the artists that are popping right now all sound the same which is an issue I have with music because that's not why I fell in love with music it's not why I fell in love with the style of these different artists I mean if you like future you're most likely going to like designer just for example if designer's music was as like if his output was as consistent as future's why because they sound the same the beat selection is the same the content matter is the same so there's this there's this stagnation i don't know who 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 the next um needle pusher is going to be i i don't know i don't know what rap is going to sound like when that happens because at least from if you're reading this it's too late at the very least artists have all tried to sound like that i don't know drake did not originate that sound he did not originate that sound but he damn sure popularized that sound bobby shmurda popularized that bop that's still used today a bop that's still used today now i want you guys to think about how many songs that you heard in 2018 that sounded like a lot of songs that you already knew same of 2017 same with 2016 tons of these songs sound the same and this is the problem that the old niggas have with the new niggas go and enjoy yourself have a blast i do not want to hear stan in the club so there is a space a, a place and a time for for panda uh for bodak yellow which i've grown to hate um for mask off i love mask off actually it's the only few, one of the few future songs that i like um there's a place for that music but don't make it all sound the same don't do that why are you trying to sound the same because that that's what i see as culture vulturing i saw lil yadi on everyday struggle talking about um i, I think joe budden asked him whether or not uh, what he, what he's trying to accomplish from music what he's trying to get out of music and lolly i'd be like i i don't know but as a college kid eating oodles and noodles to having my own cars to having to going shopping whenever i want to do it i'm happy where i am and joe budden being the purest uh purest musician that he is said are you not trying to be the best something to this effect don't quote me on this but i'm, I'm paraphrasing is your desire not to be the best It's like no, I don't I don't think I make the best music, but I think I do the best business. And that to me kind of it, it gave me a gauge on what on what these kids want out of this music. They all follow the same blueprint. We're going to go, we're going to take out a loan, we're going to get tatted up, we're going to change the color of our hair. 
and we're going to mumble through every fucking lyric on our songs. We're going to put 10 minutes into writing the lyrics so that our songs can go out quickly, put them on SoundCloud, record a music video, because these days recording a music video is not that expensive. Not as expensive as it used to be. Get a drone and two video cameras and you've got a music video. Back in the day, you needed cranes, you needed a helicopter, you needed a set. Nowadays, you can you can shoot a video in your street, bro. In your suburb, in your in your hood. Wherever you are, you can you can have a music video and it's going to cost you pretty much nothing because everybody's a videographer, everybody's a photographer, and it can still come out dope. And these niggas are wanting to do it for free so they can beef up their CVs to get real jobs. So if you're an artist, I'm saying reach out to, to your friends um, and, and shoot a music video. <clears throat> Everybody knows somebody. Resources are more available than they've ever been in any t- at any time in history. Making a song doesn't cost much. Making a video does not cost much. Now, where was I? These niggas. These niggas all followed the exact same fucking blueprint. And I'm, I, for one, am getting sick of it. Because it's making me fall out of love with the art of hip-hop. And, and it's making me... It's making me resent some people. It's making me resent some of the people... Some of the people that... Are either friends or some of the people that I meet uh, on on a first encounter. You guys are all talking to me about Lil Pump, XXX Temptation, fucking fucking Gucci Gang, like whoever these little niggas are, bro. Little Skies, there's a Little Skies now. There's a Little Yachty. There's a Little Pump. There was a Little Peep. There was a Little. Fuckface, there's a little cunt, cunt dry, there's a little, um, dickhead, there's a little fuckwad, there's a little toenail, there's a little, uh, cliffhanger, there's a little tower of terror, there's a little, so many lils, so many of you, so many of you lils. Lil tap water, lil fridge water, lil sink water, lil dishes, lil sponge, lil microwave. There was one of those. I, I I know that for sure there was a lil microwave and a lil stove. There was a lil fucking washing machine. There's so many of you lil. I think I've made my point. There was a lil ditch. There's so many of you guys, and you guys all make the same sounding music. Lil Uzi Vert. No, that's a real one, actually. Lil Uzi Vert is a real one. Um, that's not a made-up name at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that guy. He seems like a likable character. A few hit songs that I enjoy. But nothing that's going to cement these kids as the greatest. I'm trying to understand why you're getting into the game without the desire to be great. Like, these kids are good. No doubt about it. Where's their desire to be greater than the last person that did it? They said, fuck that. There's no way I'm going to be greater than Kendrick Lamar. 
Let me forge an entirely new path for myself. That to me is copping out. Now, I appreciate the fact that you've created a lane. That makes you a pioneer already, automatically. I'm 100% aware of that. I'm not, I'm not that out of touch that I don't realize that for, forging your own lane is a form of pioneership. I get it. But is you forging that lane a desire to be great in your own lane or a desire to make a quick buck? Because I can think of countless artists that do what you've created ten times better than you. Get any lyrical nigga on the phone, send him a trap beat, and he's going to kill that trap beat harder than you. Jay-Z did it on keys. Keys is a trap type beat. I wouldn't call it trap outrightly, but it's a trap type beat. Uh, plus, you have future on the track, which further proves that, which further um, argues that, right? What do, what are you trying to get out of rap in, in forging this lane? Are you trying to be great in your in your tiny little subgenre of hip hop, or are you are you are you doing that just so you don't have to compete with the likes? Of Kendrick Cole, Wale, Lupe, Royce, fucking Absol, fucking Hobson, fucking Joey Badass. Is 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 your desire to 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 shy away from them? Is my question, because all of them can rap rap, and still do trap better than you. So I'm not buying this shit. I'm just not. Who is the best trapper? Who is the best trapper? Who is the best trapper? I have no fucking clue. You might say Future. You might say Lil Uzi. You might say Lil Yadi. You might say The Migos. You might say... Fucking... No, Cardi B's not in there, man. Cardi B, fucking hell. Um... There's a lot of these niggas that you might argue are the best trapper. I say differently. I say the best trapper is probably J. Cole. He released an entire, entirely great trap album. What I liked about it was great beats, great lyrics. Lyrical lyrics. <laughs> Excuse the redundancy there, but he was able to... God damn, my stomach hurts. He was able to get on these new school beats and fry you motherfuckers. Fry you. Deep fry you. So, yeah, I'm just not buying it, man. I'm not buying it. This whole, this, this trap thing, I can't wait for it to end in some ways. Like... I know that I'm toxic, okay? I know that I, I, I hate things that most people enjoy. But I can't wait for it to end because it'll really expose the fakes from... It'll separate the sheeps from goats, like Marshall said. It'll separate the sheep from goats. I have no faith in your riders. I don't believe in ghosts.
I think that was a great bar that goes underrated. But anyways, that was my my, my culture discussion. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I want to move on to something something uh, a, a little bit related. And that's how you guys get your opinions off the internet. Now this fucking kills me. I literally die every single time I see you guys say stupid shit. It kills me. It fucking kills me. I'm dying inside. I'm dying on the inside when you guys do this shit. This shit hurts me in my soul. Yesterday, I speak to one of the people who I have the most faith in when it comes to music. Uh, apart from my, my father, apart from my dad. Because I think my dad is the best source of uh, music. He's got the best taste out of anybody that I've ever met. But close in that race, close, probably third or fourth in that race, would be Simpiwe. Especially when it comes to hip-hop. I mean, he listens to a lot of weird shit that I don't get. Um, but he listens to a lot of hip-hop, and I, I truly trust his his judgment there when i first started working with him i didn't really like half the music that he put me onto. i didn't but it all took time to grow on me it took time to grow on me um so we still till this day disagree a lot about a lot about music we still we still don't agree on much so that's not the reason. So if if you're thinking the reason why I I regard his opinion so highly is because we agree on everything. That's not the case. We agree on tons of things when it comes to music. Um Simpure, I expressed on Twitter that um I see a lot of you guys bashing Logic's album. Now, Logic's album was out for at, at least 6 hours. And I know that these niggas hadn't uh, hadn't listened to this album more than once. I know it for a fact because that's how Twitter works. Everybody's reactionary, and they have to have an opinion. That's fine. That's fine. Do you? I don't give a fuck. But when Simpua said, when Simpua said, um, I've listened to Logic's album, and I I find it, I find it good, but it starts to lose momentum. I was like, dude, 100%. This is nowhere near Logic's best work. But the fact the fact that Logic can make an album that we regard not his best work and still enjoy the album, that says a lot about you little fucks. You little fuckity fucks. Let me give you an example. Lil Yachty put out Lil Boat. Lil Boat was fire. I don't care what anybody says. I loved Lil Boat. He put out Lil Boat 2, and it was trash not one good song I think out of 18 songs not one good song so I wasted nearly an hour I wasted over an hour listening to this album with not one good song on it but I only listened to it because Lil But One was so good so I had that thing like okay this could be good this this could be this could be his coming out to the world. This could be Lil Yadi, Lil Yadi's classic project in some ways. It wasn't that. But you see now, th- what makes this 
what makes this different is the standard. Like, I found Lil Yachty's album good for someone like Lil Yachty. I found Logic's album good by all standards. This is the difference now. This is the difference in, in pedigree that I'm talking about. But you niggas getting onto Twitter with your Twitter fingers, talking about Logic's album isn't logical. Haha, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Fucking great joke, guy. Guy that I've never met. Like, <laughs> you guys make me fucking sick, bro. Like, I want to I wanna know if half the people that hate Russ, I want to know if they've ever listened to Russ. I'd love to know that. Russ is easily one of the most talented people in rap right now. Writes his own music, produces his own music. Records himself, engineers himself. Makes singing songs, makes rap songs. Plays multiple instruments. And tours himself on his own budget. But you guys hate Russ. It's because you guys are so busy getting your opinions from other people that you miss out on music that's actually going to benefit you one day. Now, understand me on this. I'm with all this ignorant shaker ass shit. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm 22. I absolutely love that shit in the club. It's phenomenal. It gets bitches thirsty, it gets bitches wet, and it gets niggas ready. Last week they called me Sizzle the Sniper. Every time I go to Stones, I turn into Sizzle the Sniper because bitches get ready. I snipe them, I line them up, I got them in my crosshairs. Got them breathing heavy. I take them... Down to the dungeon. The dungeon is the parking lot. I've made that my sex dungeon. I've christened many a lady's coochie down there. Many a lady. Many coochies have been eaten down there. Many coochies have been serviced down there. And many coochies have left satisfied. But enough about that. I'm with that ignorant shaker ass shit. Because it has a place in hip hop. My my thing is that I think the people that make that type of music are trying to make a quick buck, which hence makes them culture vultures. Their interest isn't hip-hop. Their interest isn't benefiting hip-hop. And y'all can make whatever you want out of that. I'm sick of you niggas getting your fucking... I'm sick and tired of you guys getting your your your, your fucking uh, opinions from the internet. Stop it. Listen to it yourself. If you haven't read a book because you heard it's trash... Change your mindset. Why are you trying to follow other people's opinions? Well, You might like it. That book might change your life. If you haven't listened to Russ's album because somebody online said it's tra- he, he's trash or you, you haven't listened to it because he's arrogant, 
like 90% of rappers are arrogant, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, that guy's music might change your life. He might say some shit in that that'll make you want to stop doing drugs, might want to make you stop being lazy, might want to make you start creating an art of your own. But you're never going to know because you heard he's arrogant or because you heard he's trash. Like, I'm not trying to preach, but these artists, artists like Russ, as arrogant as he might, might be in public, he has a positive message on most of his songs. He also has that ignorant shit, but the majority of his music is positivity. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you guys, but I'm taking a Russ song over any fucking uh, Lil Uzi Vert song or any, any, any Lil Pump song. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're stuck in that loop of ignorance. Because there are some niggas that only listen to the ignorant shit. Now, live your best life. But don't call the rest of the genres trash because you heard they were trash. I can tell you right now, rock changed my life. It changes. It changed the way I write music in general. Rock is a very lyrical genre. It's not just screaming like a lot of you niggas think. It's highly lyrical and the storytelling is phenomenal. Till this day, one of my favorite songs is called Jesus of Suburbia. It changed my outlook on on writing poetry. It's a nine minute song written by uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. And it's one of the most phenomenal stories. The song is broken up into five parts. It's a nine minute song, five parts. Five beat switches. Beat switching does not come from hip hop. Sorry to tell you guys. <laughs> so, these things might change your life, and, and because I know when it comes to when it comes to black people, not to make this a racial thing again, but I'm sorry. Black people have this "why do you listen to rock" attitude. Whenever I tell them that I listen to rock. Why don't you listen to rock? I can tell you why you don't listen to rock right now. It's because you've been made to believe that rock is for white people. In my house, that does not fly. In my house, I grew up on... Well, let me let me start here. I was born in America. My parents lived in America for at least 20 years before I was even born. And uh, not 20 years, I'd say about 10 to 15 years before I was born. They become they became quite ingrained in some of the culture in America. My dad has Boston in his in his fucking CD collection. Now Boston is like rock shit, dude. But like rock shit from the 80s and 90s. My parents have country records in their collection because we were in the South and country is, is part of the culture there. Sorry, Lil John and the Eastside Boys did not exist back then. The Migos did not exist back then. But they were so interested in the art of making music that it didn't matter that these guys were white. The storytelling in country, anybody that listens to country really will tell you that the storytelling there is phenomenal. 
but you guys don't want to listen to it because these are white guys that make this music. I'm telling you that this music could it could possibly change your life. You think white people don't listen to hip hop? Those niggas love hip hop. But you're stopping your you're you're depriving yourself because you've been told no, people that look like me shouldn't shouldn't uh shouldn't listen to this music. Shouldn't enjoy this music. I'm here to tell you that that's that's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. Stop getting your opinions off of the internet. It's not wise for your own personal growth. If somebody told me right now that the new Spider-Man movie was trash, you're fucking right. I'm still going to go and see the new Spider-Man movie. Because I fucking love Spider-Man. Just stop it, guys. <laughs> now, how do you how do you measure how does one measure an artist's relevance? Um, that's that's a great question. How do you, how do how do you measure an artist's relevance? Well, in in hip hop, it's very different because hip hop changes every day. And hip-hop changes every year. Not in the way it sounds. I think I've already debunked the fact that it does not change its sound. And it hasn't changed its sound for a good five, six, seven years. Hip-hop. Hmm. Hip-hop is different. Because the artists that solidified themselves continue to, continue to make themselves relevant. The artists that have broken ground continue to solidify themselves as relevant. Jay-Z did some dope Nipsey Hussle uh, freestyle that people have not stopped talking about. That makes him relevant. Eminem did a dope feature on Logic's album. That keeps him relevant. He continues to sell records as if it's still 2001. That makes him relevant. We use Stan. And I don't I don't think the girls that use Stan on the timeline realize where that comes from. I, I don't think they get it. We have an entire new word in hip-hop because of Eminem's influence. That's his impact. And there are a lot of people that hate Eminem and it's whatever. I'm not going to argue with you or try to try to convert you or whatever. He is who he is. You are who you are. Um, but the Stan thing, that word is not going anywhere. A couple of years ago, it got put into the Oxford Dictionary. This year, it got put into the Webster Dictionary. So, however it's being used now, it's going to triple, or it's going to double at least, because whoever's not using an Oxford Dictionary is using a Webster Dictionary. Or a Google Dictionary. And it's on Google, too. So, the relevance of... Of of Eminem's legacy still exists. Like I'm saying, he's still touring well. He's still selling out arenas, not not small ten thousand seaters. I'm talking about sixty, eighty, a hundred thousand. Very much like uh, like Drake. Very much like Hove. Um, there are a few of these OGs, like the ones that I've just mentioned, that are relevant. In today's climate. Like if, if if he were to put out a song today, would people care? 
Would the streams be high? Would the purchases be high? Would the blogs be going on about it? That's what relevance is to me when it comes to that. Now, a lot of these lils are relevant because they're in the club all the time. Now with the OGs, that's a bit harder because they're not necessarily making club records. Yes, Jay-Z made Keys, which is a club record, and it's hard as fuck. But how many more of those can you think of in, in, in Jay's old age? Can you think of that get played in, in, in clubs? Not many. So whenever you hear an older guy in the club, you know that it's an old song that they're playing. They're revisiting. They always play... Um, Hey, to the window, to the wall, to the wall, till the sun drips down my ball. Oh, you females cry. Now, that song is from like 2004, 2003. Does that make Lil John relevant? Not quite. He released Turn Down for what? Which was a great record, and that's a recent record. But does that make Lil Jon relevant? Not quite. Who's talking about Lil Jon? That's cool, I'll wait. Nobody's waiting on Lil Jon to release music. Nobody's anxious to see what he has up his sleeve next. That's different with these Lil's. Lil Uzi, let's say for instance, or Young Thug, let's switch it up. Let's say Young Thug released an album last year that people weren't all the way happy with. For instance, I don't know if he's released anything last year. Oh no, he did. He released On The Run. Okay, fine. Perfect example. On The Run. Great record. How many how many people are thinking, wow, that was a great little project. I wonder what he's got next. Tons of people are asking themselves that. Especially if you're a nerd, like if you if you if you if you're a nerd like me and you you invest yourself the way I do into music and understanding music. Because the way I listen to music is very different to even your 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 most knowledgeable rap fan. Because um, I'm trying to understand music on a much deeper level. I'm trying to understand the artist's... Uh, what's in the artist's best interest on a, on a much deeper level. Tons of people are asking, what's next for Young Thug? I'm asking that. Just off of off, off knowing what Young Thug has become increasingly, increasingly more... Uh, attributed with lyricism wasn't always his thing but after listening to On The Run I'm like yeah dude you got some bars bro why don't you do more of that and that's what I'm thinking is next for Young Thug that's really what I'm thinking is next he's gonna make a project of course there's gonna be a lot of trap shit on it but he's gonna prove to us that he can rap with the 2 chainses and the Gucci mains of this world because those are two other artists that I consider great trappers and great rappers. Young Thug is well on his way to doing that. Lil Uzi for quite some time has, has proven that. And 21 Savage for quite some time. He's been that way. I don't think he's always been a great lyricist, 21 Savage. But this last project, 
Oh, God. Bars. Bars. So, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's my, that's my, that's my way of measuring, uh, an artist's relevance. I'm not too sure, um, yeah, how much, how, how long have I been going here? Probably gonna end this at some point, take some meds, and call it a night. It's only four o'clock. Um, damn, man, what's my password? So measuring relevance, damn, I've been going for an hour and 15 minutes. This is longer than most of our podcasts. Ugh. I still got some shit on my mind. Let me get into it. Um, yeah, and just one other thing. My dating life. I always get pretty depressed when I think about this. I do not have a dating life. Why don't I have a dating life? I'm not too sure. But I came to a few realizations about myself. And the main one being that I'm a very selfish individual. Um I'm very selfish in 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 the fact that if I become bored with you, I'll clock out mentally and we'll carry on dating. I just won't give you the time of day until you break up with me. And if I see that you're not going to break up with me, that's when I decide to end things. When I'm at the point where I can't take it anymore. That's my problem. That is not a problem with any girl that I've ever dated. So if any girl that I've ever dated ever hears this um i'm just saying right off the bat it's not it's not a you problem it's a me problem that i've been working on and i've been single now for about four months three months four months i've been single for about four months but before that i was single for oh no then i was single for one month and then i was single for two years yeah so not counting my last two girlfriends i was single for two years before both of them and that's because I wanted to find myself, but I didn't find myself and I thought I was ready and I jumped in. And right now I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm not looking for a girlfriend, but if one finds me, that's going to be great, I think. So I'm done, I'm done searching. I'm done searching. Like I, I've got enough on my plate to keep me busy. If a girl comes around, that's going to be perfect. But I'm I'm done searching. Because if it's going to be good, it's going to be good organically. And that's probably the most wise thing I've said. Yeah, and in saying that, I think I'm going to close this out. Um, I, just, I just didn't want to deprive you guys of any content this week. Uh, yeah, catch us next week, Saturday. Um, for your girlfriend's favorite podcast, shout out to our sponsor, Green Wing Code, giving us that green winged check. Um, you're much appreciated, and thanks for supporting the podcast as much you got as much as you guys have. I don't know if I'm putting this on Spotify or I don't know what the fuck. Um, 
but this is not an official episode of the podcast. This is me just filling in the blanks because we weren't able to actually do a podcast today. I'm feeling in no way able to deal with the world today. Um, like I'm saying, I should have been in, in the Northwest today. I, I, I've just been, yeah, I've been crippled, crippled by sickness today. Um, yeah. Like I'm saying, this is not an official podcast. This is just me venting on shit. I hope, um, I hope you guys enjoyed some of the insight that I've I've uh, I've spoken about for over an hour now. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week on your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Sizzle the Savage, signing out.